Welcome to the Hurricane Labs podcast. I'm Heather, and today we'll be talking all about the FireEye and SolarWinds breaches. Joining me today is Tier 3 SOC analyst, Tony Robinson. Tony, hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, everything is on fire, but, you know, I like it yeah. that way. <laughs> I, was, uh, I saw the news last night, and I was like, well, tomorrow's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I was just like, last night at about 10 o'clock, I better write something up now. This mm-hmm. is going to be a shit show, and if I if I need, like, 10 minutes to get coffee, I don't think it's going to be that great. <laughs> All right, so let's kind of kick it back to like what happened last week with FireEye. So last week, uh, the information security vendor FireEye announced that their suite of red team tools were among the assets and data that threat actors retrieved in a breach. Uh, my question for you, what is red team and what do they mean by their tools? Uh, so typically when you talk about a red team, like uh, the term red team and penetration testers, they're kind of sort of interchangeable. Um, they're a group of se- computer security experts that are normally tasked with breaking into a target network. You know, there's a, there's some sort of a contract or agreement between FireEye's red team and the company that um, purchases red team engagement. They say, we want you to achieve these goals, or we want you to reach this part of our network. Uh, we want you to try avoid touching these things. And you have this amount of time, and here's what uh, we want you to try and do. And uh, typically, you know, they either reach those goals or they don't. And when everything's all done, uh, the red team or the penetration testers will produce some kind of a report that tells the uh, customer, here's the vulnerabilities we found, here's how we got in, here's how we went from this initial access to you know reaching the target or reaching our goals. And then they kind of give them recommendations, here's things that you can do to stop us from reaching this point in the future. So how did the threat actors gain access to FireEye? Well, uh, there's uh, also a lot of rumor mill going around that. So right around the same time that the FireEye breach was announced, there was also a vulnerability announced with some of VMware's uh, virtualization software, some of their uh, business management software. There hasn't been any kind of a conclusive link tied to it, but VMware released a vulnerability advisory like a couple of days before um, FireEye went public with their breach. Then the NSA and the uh, the NSA and DHS came forward and said, "Hey, um, one of our customers or one somebody that we know was compromised recently with this." VMware vulnerability, and they did these things after they gained access to the network. And then like a day later, FireEye says, hey, we got breached, but they never said exactly how they got breached. It's possible that SolarWinds might have been involved. It's possible that the VMware vulnerability might have been involved. The The timing is just, there's a lot of coincidences here, but nobody really wants to say how the initial access was gained. So with SolarWinds, what happened was the attackers through a third party attacked an update that was rolling out and added malware was is it is that correct 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part, they they um, somehow managed to get access to solar winds, and like depending on who you're asking around right now, like the rumor mill is running wild because I don't think solar winds or Microsoft or FireEye wants to admit how it happened, but someone has uh, pointed out that it was uh, their GitHub account that got hacked. So what okay. they did is they gained access to solar winds. They found the um, software update system they put their malware into like the legitimate software like kind of make a piggyback or a backdoor off of it mm-hmm. and then they used that update that was pushed out to different customers to gain access to their networks and so that update went out as early as march but it wasn't it was just now discovered correct yeah so like there was updates that were out between march and june of this year they're saying that um, if those updates that for that time period were potentially affected. Wild stuff. Yeah, crazy. Um, is it like, but is there like a similar sort of, maybe not the same, but a similar sort of time lapse with FireEye where we, it was just discovered uh, this past week, but it happened sometime before that, or did they discover it fairly quickly? They haven't released a public timeline yet, but okay. given that it's FireEye, um, and I'd like to believe that, you know, the old saying, the cobbler's children have no shoes doesn't really apply to them. It was probably pretty recent. They were, they're pretty on top of things. I mean, if you want another example of a company that was on top of things when a breach happened, the uh, Sands breach happened, uh, happened a couple of uh, months ago. Uh, the Sands uh, Cybersecurity Organization, they... Uh, they experienced a, a phishing attack and they had a couple of their emails that had gotten compromised and forward that contained some customer details, but they discovered that really quickly. It was a matter of like three weeks before they had discovered it and then they contained it, let everybody know, hey, this is what happened and here's our timeline. Okay. So I, I'd like to think that FireEye is kind of on top of things too. So with SolarWinds, uh, this is called like a supply chain attack. Uh, could you explain that for us? So uh, a supply chain attack is where you, where a where an actor would attack a third party software company. Like let's say for example, um, a good recent example or well historical example that happened somewhat recently was uh, with the Ukrainian tax software company Medoc. Um, attackers managed to compromise the company and somehow got into their software build system and use that to push ransomware to a bunch of their customers. When you talk about supply chain attacks, it's normally an advanced attacker trying to compromise a software company that a bunch of different uh, business verticals might utilize or take advantage of. You know, so if it's, um, if you're targeting IC, organizations with industrial control systems like power companies, oil companies, things along those lines, you might try to target, say, Siemens. That would be a third party that a lot of those organizations that use those tools would have to go to. They'd have to download applications and products from uh, Siemens website. So if you were to gain access to that third party and either make your traffic look like it's coming from Siemens or take uh, one of their code signing certificates and use it to sign your malware or backdoor their software somehow and get it into that actual target you want to get into, 
that is what a supply chain attack would look like. And uh, we've seen this in the past with the Ukrainian software company uh, Medoc and their tax software getting compromised and being used to spread ransomware. We also seen this with uh, the Cloudhopper APT uh, trying to gain access to managed service providers or IT providers for various companies and trying to leverage that access to get into other targeted companies that they may be interested in. So the idea is, is that you go after a third party that you may or may not be interested in, but your target is interested in that third party and you use that access to your advantage. What's the risk level for individuals and what's the risk level for companies? So when it comes to SolarWinds, um, they're, they're pro- they probably announced right on their website that there are over 300,000 customers that they have and they have them across all kinds of verticals. In terms of um, a third-party supply chain, this is pretty significant for them to announce that they got compromised because just about every company that uh, does any kind of um, IT or server administration, um, they use some kind of monitoring software, and nine times out of ten, it's SolarWinds. So uh, it's a significant threat to most businesses that this compromise has happened. But in terms of uh, individuals, um, most SolarWinds software is pay-for software, and it's enterprise. Enterprise means having to pay for it, a lot of money for it in most cases. So uh, it's more of a risk to large organizations, enterprises, and businesses than it is to individuals. What can companies do then to sort of mitigate this risk and even to, to identify if they're at risk? One of the things that FireEye has been doing a lot of recently that um, I appreciate as a um, security researcher is that they release a collection of their indicators directly to a uh, GitHub software repository. And uh, that's what they did for their breach when their red team tools got compromised. And that's what they just did recently for in regards to the, uh, the SolarWinds backdoor that they're calling Sunburst. So uh, they have a, a large collection of indicators there that contained uh, network indicators like IP addresses, um, domain and host names, and also um, a series of file hashes that can be used to say, here are the actual backdoor files or that um, are located. Here are the backdoor files that the actors use to um, backdoor different companies. They also released a couple of Clam AV uh, snort signatures and uh, Yara pattern matching signatures as well. So uh, I would say if uh, patching the Patching the backdoor out isn't an option, which uh, SolarWinds has already released one patch for this, and they're planning on releasing another one uh, tomorrow on the 15th. Then your next best uh, your next best bet will be to get some kind of detection in place to see if you are affected by uh, this breach. When it comes to uh, you know this attack in particular with SolarWinds, the timing is kind of awful, you know, for a bunch of different reasons. You know, this is the lead up right up to Christmas and a lot of uh, systems administrators and security analysts, IT teams, uh, SOX, they're going to probably be as far away from a computer as they can right now because, you know, it's holiday, it's vacation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in spite of COVID and us, you know, being told to stay away from one another, 
some of us just want to take a moment and chill and get away from the computer for a minute. So that's, that's one thing is that a lot of people take holiday leave and vacation time off right around this time. And then the other part is that a lot of verticals, especially uh, the retail verticals, they uh, implement ch change freezes. So even though there's a patch available for this SolarWinds vulnerability, um, due to change freezes and them saying, no, you can't do any changes right now because this is what the time of year that we make the most money. Don't touch it, don't do anything. Now, because of that, you might not be patching this until January of next year. So it's really important that if you can't patch this, that you have the mitigations in place to at least detect it and, you know, prevent uh, access to that back door, you know, through the various uh, network indicators or through the host base indicators that are out there. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you as well. It was uh, nice being here. Sure thing. We'll catch you later. In addition to this podcast, Tony has also written a pair of blogs regarding these breaches, so be sure to check out our links below to get the scoop. We'll catch you next time. For now, be safe.